Do you believe that all vaccine trials or even trials for new medications should have trials or no? Do you believe that if we come out with a new vaccine, let's say, that trials should be necessary in order to deploy those very vaccines to the entire public? Should there be experiments and what we call trials for safety? Well, let me tell you about FDA's new, quote, future framework. Why is it not being covered? I have no idea. This isn't about if you are for or against vaccination. This is about whether you believe that any new vaccine to market, drug to market, should have to go through a trial versus skipping the trial entirely and just going to the end user. Do you think we should always have trials? Well, before I even get into this deeper, why don't you watch this video? This is an excellent, excellent video um, from Dr. Toby Rogers of the Brownstone Institute, um, uh, medical doctor, uh, does a lot of research around COVID and has been really staying um, tuned in to what's going on with the FDA, with Pfizer, with Moderna, and just what's going on with this extra $50 billion that these shots are generating in revenue and, and what's happening. And I just take a listen or watch if you're watching it. This probably obviously won't go on YouTube because if you say vaccine and then say other words, just like blah, blah, you know, I went to the park, bad. I think the algorithm gets, it says vaccine and bad were in the same sentence and they were within seven seconds of each other. So we should automatically censor this. And then if they dispute it, maybe we'll put it back up. But I don't want to get another strike because three strikes are out and it just ain't worth it. So hopefully you're getting this on Spotify. But take a listen. You can also watch on Spotify. This is Dr. Toby Rogers explaining FDA's new future framework. Take a listen. Americans in the past 17 months, then these shots have no discernible impact on the course of the pandemic. Far more Americans have died of coronavirus since the introduction of the shots than before they were introduced. So I want to bring in Toby Rogers now, writing over at the Brownstone Institute. Toby, you know, Naomi, we're she's drilling down on the details. They got the mRNA, but you got the CEO of Pfizer up there or the Moderna. What is going on? Why can't we actually have a discussion that starts with your basic premise. Has this thing, has this, you know, we're still doing a test on this with the American people. Has this proved any efficacy at all? Toby Rogers. The data is disappointing to say the least. Um, these shots have massively underperformed. And now that they're new variants like Omicron, the vaccine efficacy is going negative. You're actually at greater risk 
of contracting coronavirus if you've had these shots than if you didn't have these shots. But Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson Johnson, they own these agencies, right? They have what's called regulatory capture. And so these agencies essentially work for the pharmaceutical industry. And so you have this situation where these shots are not working and everybody knows that. And so they're gonna have to reformulate these shots and they're gonna change the mRNA and they're gonna change the ingredients. They're gonna do something to try to make them work. But that creates a problem because you change a single molecule of mRNA in these shots, it's gonna change health outcomes in ways that we cannot anticipate right now. And the problem for Moderna and Pfizer is that their data is terrible. Anybody who looks at their data comes away shocked and horrified by how bad their data is and by the fact that the FDA and CDC allow them to proceed even though the data is so terrible. So, so Pfizer and Moderna have figured out a way to rig the game in perpetuity. And they call it the future framework. It's so Orwellian, I don't even know how to describe it. But they're going to vote on this this coming Tuesday, June 28th. The FDA is going to vote on this thing called the future framework. And here's how it works. The FDA is going to say, well, you need to reformulate these shots. But we're going to just call them biologically similar to existing shots that are already on the market. And so you can just skip clinical trials altogether. Don't even bother to do a human clinical trial. We'll just call it good. We'll just call it safe and effective. That's the future framework. That's the plan. It is insane. It is literally the worst idea in the history of public health to allow these companies that are already failing to now just skip clinical trials altogether. What we'll get is some test tube studies. We'll get some studies in, in mice. And they'll just say, safe and effective, in, injected into kids, injected into adults, no questions asked. So the FDA this week pulled a bait and switch. Uh, last week on the 14th and the 15th, they approved these shots for kids, um, both Moderna and Pfizer. Well, by, by and, and some of these parents are going to run out right away to get these shots, you know, the hypochondriac parents and that sort of thing. But that's not the real market. The real market is this fall. The real market is the back-to-school market and the flu and cold season market for seniors. And by the time we hit the fall, it's not going to be these shots that, that they studied poorly this past week. It's going to be these new reformulated shots that completely skipped clinical trials altogether. This is everything that you talk about on your, your show, Stephen, and that you've been working on for years. This is the deep state. This is the swamp. This is regulatory capture. Insiders at the FDA who are rewarding large donors to the Democratic Party by saying, you know what? I know we're a regulatory agency, but we're just going to let you skip out on clinical trials. We're just going to call it all good. Inject whatever you want into kids, and we're going to put the FDA seal of approval on this as if it was safe when it is not. I got to bring in, I got to bring in, that's so brilliant the way you laid out, Naomi Wolf. Okay. Okay. Let's break this down. So, first of all, 
I really encourage you to go to Toby Rogers' Substack. He has incredible articles about this. And I'm going to play um, another video, which is actually from that meeting, uh, which was June 28th, that you didn't even know was being voted on. You didn't even know, did you? But if you go to Toby Rogers, T-O-B-Y Rogers.substack.com, you'll find some really, really, really great stuff. So he posted actually on June 29th, the end of COVID-19 vaccine safety science in America. On June 28th, the FDA decided that henceforth, they will choose the variants for reformulated COVID-19 shots and no clinical trials will be conducted to evaluate safety because science with the S being a dollar sign. So why is it so crazy to be weary about these Boosters after boosters coming out and more shots and then vaccines for everything, AIDS, addiction, blah, 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 like vaccine. All of a sudden, you don't think that any of this has to do with profits, with money, with capitalism. You don't believe that somehow or some way that even though Pfizer and Moderna are these unbelievable humanitarians that want the whole world to be as healthy as possible and they don't want to make a dime, that maybe they're exploiting people for, I don't know, to the tune of $50 billion per year. And now since they tasted all that cash money millionaires, do you think perhaps they want to hang on to it? I mean... Maybe I'm a crazy lunatic conspiracy to put those together, but let's dive into what this future framework really, really means. So to Toby Rogers' article on June 28th, yesterday, the FDA's Vaccine and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee, which, by the way, we will play uh, one, of the, um, one of the parts right after this uh, in about two minutes uh, from that meeting, a... Bivalent COVID-19 shot with the Wuhan strain and the Omicron variant. The vote was 19 yes and 2 no. Here's some takeaways. The Wuhan strain. It's funny it's called the Wuhan strain when we don't, we can't even say it came from the Wuhan lab, allegedly. The Wuhan strain is no longer in circulation. So they are vaccinating against a strain that no longer exists. And if you're watching this, I'll pull this up for you so you can have it uh, uh, on your screen as well. Uh, so you you heard the beginning there. So the Wuhan train don't, doesn't exist. By the time it gets to market in the fall, Omicron BA5 and BA4 will likely no longer even be in circulation. There's no efficacy data whatsoever on vaccines against Omicron BA4 and 5. There is no safety data whatsoever on vaccines against Omicron BA4 or 5. They do not intend to gather any efficacy or safety data between now and when these shots will be released in the fall. At the meeting, 
at the meeting on June 28th, the manufacturers, Moderna, Pfizer, and Novavax, were asked what their production timelines are. And they said out loud, quote, so long as we don't have to provide any clinical data, we'll have them ready by fall. Conspiracy theory? Or do people think we're all idiots? You heard at the beginning about how more people have died since these vaccines were released, but we're not even talking about the efficacy of the vac vaccinations. We're talking about protocols for releasing new ones. Okay? So why is it a problem to not do trials? Well, I don't know. Do we really need to get too into that? Well, let's do it because maybe it's a little confusing why we should have trials. So Pfizer and Moderna are making about 50 billion a year on these shots and they want that to continue. But why? They care so much. They're empathetic. They're not going after money. Come on, conspiracy theorist. So they need to reformulate. Maybe target a new variant. Maybe change some of the ingredients. Who knows? These shots have disappointed. So it's not clear what it will take to get them to work. There, this is a problem because reformulated shots mean new clinical trials and new regulatory review by the FDA. What a pain in the ass, FDA. You always got to check our stuff before we go out. With, come on. There's a decent chance that any reformulated shot might fail a new clinical trial. Just trust it's safe and effective. And the public is deeply skeptical of these shots already. So the scrutiny would be intense. What, is the world full of a whole bunch of conspiracy theorists and lunatics? They're fucking nuts. So Pfizer and Moderna have figured out a way to use regulatory capture. Nice little word that you can Google or uh, Google might give you. You might look up regulatory capture on Google and it'll come up with like Bill Gates, you know, donating uh vaccines to like a country in Africa and regulatory capture means giving back to the community of, of some sort. And Bill Gates got his like thumbs up. So they figured out a way to use regulatory capture, which by the way, it's not that. It's when you're captured by a regulatory body to get their reformulated COVID-19 shots approved without further clinical trials. Their scheme is called the future framework and it will be voted and it was subsequently passed by the FDA's Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee. It's also car. It's the acronym is VRBPAC. Why is this such a problem? Well, let's go a little more into it. Viruses vary by region. At any given time, the influenza strain, which is just flu, circulating in England is different than it is in Thailand, the U.S., or even South Africa. However, Pharmaceutical companies prefer to create a one-size-fits-all vaccines in order to decrease manufacturing costs and thereby increase profits. Conspiracy theorists. So, the WHO, the World Health Organization run by yours truly, Bill Gates, and public health agencies around the world, including the FDA and CDC, have created a vast influenza surveillance network that identifies the different influenza strains in circulation. Now, Whenever we talk about surveillance, about profiteering, about 
massive businesses having a vested financial interest in COVID and that maybe it will deter their decision-making to what will bring home the most value to shareholders because that's their role as a business, but that we're supposed to see them as in this like philanthropic, whatever it is, philanthropic light that they only do good, Pfizer, Moderna, they're not seeking profits. Of course they're seeking profits. That's what they're supposed to do. If they were not seeking profits, there would be an issue. Shareholders would be pissed. But when you got $50 billion in extra revenue because of a pandemic, which by the way, let's just like cut out the argument about the vaccines, like good, bad. They were, like, let's just talk about Pfizer, Moderna, Novavax. Do they have a vested interest to create more boosters? to generate more profits, to have emergency authorization so that taxpayers' dollars actually pays for the vaccines, and then yet they get to keep all of the revenue. We pay for it. They keep it. And we're not supposed to ask questions if what they're doing is right or if they're deciding to skip trials that maybe... I don't know. There's certain organizations, the Bill and the Gates Foundation, Pfizer, the FDA, maybe are all in cahoots with each other for financial gains. Why do I think that that could be possible? Lisa Goskoff from the CDC's Influenza Division reported last year the flu vaccine effectiveness was between 8% and 14%. That's based on data from seven sites that participate in the U.S. Flu Vaccine Effectiveness Network. God, these, these names are so broad, like the Global Fund, you know, World Health Organization. Let me say that again. Influenza vaccines, which people get every year. Last year, based off the data, the effectiveness was between 8% and 14%. But it's a one-size-fits-all, everyone, it works for everybody, it's great. Maybe not. Maybe not. Here's an even better one, and all this is in link below. You can look at the article on the Brownstone uh, Institute. The, uh, the FDA's future framework for COVID vaccines is a reckless plan. It states a case study, which I looked at, of a flu outbreak at the University of Michigan. I'm a Buckeye, so that smells fishy. Between October and November of 2021, found that the effectiveness of the flu vaccine was literally zero. Preliminary VE was 0%. Conference interval, negative 25% to 20%. 0%. Over the last 30 years, the federal government has paid out more compensation for adverse events in connection with the flu shot than any other vaccine. So we know that the shot comes with a high rate of anticipated harms, even if you're not told about it. Given that the flu shot does not, I repeat, does not stop the overwhelming majority of flu cases, the harms likely outweigh any benefits. 
How can we not have discussions about risks and benefits as opposed to broad blanket statements that everyone's the same, safe and effective for all? You and I are different. You know, maybe if we took some sort of pill, you would take 20 milligrams and I would take 30 milligrams. Why? Because we're different. There's a personalization aspect that's getting thrown aside so much so that we're now skipping trials for subsequent COVID vaccines this fall for kids, for kids. We're not having trials. The trial is your kid. Are you okay with that? And if you're okay with that, relate that to something in your line of work or in your life. Like if you were preparing a speech, would preparing a speech mean just going on stage and just like free versing it? Is that what you mean by prepare? I don't think so. And the most ridiculous part, honestly, and I'm going to pull this up on the screen. And this is and this is mentioned uh, in uh, Toby Rogers' Substack, um, which I'll, I'll I'll pull up here right now. Uh, let's see. So here it is. So the end of COVID nineteen vaccine safety science in America. It was voted nineteen to two. Okay, and so basically what that means is is that even though the shots are going to be reformulated shots for different variants, they're going to be changed, there's going to be different ingredients, they are allowed to provide different vaccines against different strands for COVID without any safety data, without having to try to spot out adverse events in the population after the fact using a safety system no one has ever heard of while ignoring the system that has existed for 32 years that is showing a massive safety signal right now. We are the experiment, but it's not even really an experiment because they do not care about the data. We are the people they want to domicile. The FDA's actions say we're a violation of the Nuremberg Code, the Declaration of Helsinki, and the Hippocratic Oath. So, we're no longer doing trials. It takes too much time, if you ask the pharmaceutical companies, it takes too much time to get that data. Okay? We can't wait for that. So, before I show this video of a question from that meeting, I want to talk about who they bring in. I want to talk about the conflicts of interest. They bring in someone to model the future of the pandemic as policy decisions are made by modeling. Something that Bill Gates found out back in 2017 is invested a lot in modeling. This guy, Justin Lessler, okay? Justin Lessler, who Toby writes, and I will show you, has 20 conflicts of interest presented slide after slide with conference intervals so wide, the prediction was literally anything can happen. He said, hats off to this grifter for stealing millions of dollars from Bill Gates and Tony Fauci and producing nothing in return. So let's look at this guy's resume and let's talk if he has perhaps what we call a conflict of interest. Maybe, maybe not. First of all, his CV is 37 pages. 
Like, what's that about? Is that like a, is that like a medical thing or is that just lunacy? On page 26 of 37 of his CV, and it says his contracts and grants. We got NIH. We got Bill Melinda Gates Foundation, Bill Melinda Gates Foundation, Bill Melinda Gates Foundation, Bill Melinda Gates Foundation, NIH, NIH, Bill Melinda Gates Foundation. You get it. Bill Melinda Gates Foundation. I mean, NIH, Bill Melinda Gates Foundation. I mean, a top, NIH, Bill Melinda Gates Foundation. For the last decade, more, Bill Melinda Gates Foundation. I'm really reading it. NIH, Bill Melinda Gates Foundation. NIH, 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 Bill Melinda Gates Foundation. All the way back to 2008, even, even, yeah, 2008. Justin Lessler, that's the guy that's in the meetings to help formulate decisions for COVID vaccines when he's directly intertwined with Bill Melinda Gates Foundation, which is the largest contributor to the World Health Organization. And yet we are to think that we are conspiracy theorists for raising these totally valid questions. Is it even a little bit surprising that mainstream media is not covering the future framework? Why don't you just check it out yourself? The FDA future framework. I'm sure you'll be very excited and you can't even, you know, can't even get all your emotions together to just jab the kids. Jab them. I'm not even saying if it's good or bad. I'm not even getting into that. You probably know where I stand on that. However, the point is, why would we ever skip trials? Why? Why would we change that framework? Tell me. Because it's too long and this is such a deadly disease. Obviously not true. Obviously not true. You don't even see the words in these slides from the from the CDC and from um, from these presenters in the in the FDA meeting of myocarditis, which is totally uh, legitimate and recognized by the pharmaceuticals of, of a dangerous quote adverse event. So. Here's one of the doctors during that meeting that happened where, without your knowledge, the future framework has gone into effect and that any kids who receive a vaccine in fall for COVID is taking a vaccine for the very first time of that kind because the one that was approved was for the one that was in Wuhan and Omicron one. And those don't even really exist on earth anymore. The first one, the Wuhan strain, doesn't exist on earth anymore. And then the other Omicron one, most likely won't exist by, by fall. That's how quickly it changes. And when a virus mutates that quickly or can change or have many variants that quickly, it's not a good option for vaccination because it changes so rapidly that you would need to keep getting another shot and keep jacking up the immune system to the point where you're probably going to just shut it down. Allegedly. Allegedly. Take a listen to this... Um, this uh, FDA, uh, this question that, that this doctor brings up. These are all physicians talking about this future framework. And uh, this guy brings some comments to light that uh, Toby believes is uh, pretty damning, he says. So here, take a listen or watch.
So, by the way, something interesting about that is I watched many of these questions and statements, and they always were these two guys, uh, Jerry um, and this other FDA guy, was um, always provided an answer or a comment. And on this particular, uh, these questions, comments from, from Paul, they just skipped it and went to the next person. It was like the only one that they just totally skipped. But this is a big deal. And to not get the attention necessary so people know what's going on with the future framework, to just even know of the future framework, people don't even know of the future framework. Everyone deserves to know. So this is not a good time for, quote, science. Science evolves. Science is dynamic. Science changes. This is saying trust us. We'll do what's best for you. We'll show you the data later if necessary. Because if we had to wait for the data, it would literally take us too long, and then we couldn't reap these profits. I mean, really? The question is, will people start to catch on and see this recklessness or not? I think people smell BS from really far away. It's just a matter of opening your eyes, doing your own independent research, and not taking everything that comes through main news channels as facts. It's just simply not true. In fact, the more I learn about the way this world works, it's almost all untrue. Even late night comedians, and we'll get to this in the next segment, that Jim Carrey just came on Jimmy Kimmel and basically called out for like Illuminati. It's hysterical uh, for being a part of it. And you have these comedians disguised as like government officials to make us laugh and like distract us from what's really going on in society. But that's a, an area where people looking for a laugh, watching Jimmy Kimmel, you know, watching David Letterman. But it's really just more propaganda. All of it is. If every person took it upon themselves to find out the truth, this whole thing would crumble. And again, this is an apolitical podcast. Apolitical. We just want what's best for all human beings. And we are strong believers here that what's best for human beings is to probably move forward as natural as possible. I mean, you're not going to take a vaccine for every single disease you have. There's literally more diseases on earth than there are in stars in the universe. But of all of those diseases, only a couple hundred really, really negatively impact us in like a lethal way. But if you follow this future framework and don't listen to this or do your own research for another decade, you're probably going to get more vaccinations than there are diseases on earth that could kill you. A couple hundred in a decade? Yeah, they probably want to give you one every month. And if you keep spiking 
your immune system, maybe it'll fail. Allegedly. Allegedly. All of this is allegedly. Before we naively say that the government, who, by the way, is lying about Uvalde and lies about COVID, could perhaps be lying about the safety and effectiveness of these vaccines, is not that crazy. And I have no incentive to prove them wrong except for the fact that I want people to make the best choices for themselves. And you need to speak up if you see something that's either shady, seems inconsistent, and just seems like it needs to be talked about. Debates are good. So I think we should debate the future framework a little bit more. That's for D.